2: Josh, with the world being what it is, just like everybody's so stressed out and just angsty and just (sighs) like cranky and ready to fight everybody, at least I am. Mm -hmm. I think a good way to release some of this stress is with spoken word. What do you think?
3: I usually don't think that spoken word is the solution to anything. Hater. But... If you teach me how to it, if you teach me how to do this, I'm on board. Let's do it.
2: Okay. I mean, I don't know that you can teach someone raw, natural talent, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see.
3: So, Sister Trace, what's on your heart? What do you need to express?
2: Well, I think that there's a young brother who could help me express what I'm feeling inside. This is a poem that a young prophet named Kendrick Lamar
3: wrote. <laughs> yes.
2: It's called Control. Mm. You're welcome in advance. I'm usually homeboys with the same niggas I'm rhyming with. But this is hip hop. And them niggas should know what time it is. I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you, nigga. Trying to make sure your core fans have never heard of you. They don't want to hear not one more noun nor verb from you niggas. What is competition? I am trying to raise the bar high.
4: Freedom. Thank you, thank you,
3: Wait, I want to try, I want to try. Okay,
2: do it, do it, do it. What's on your spirit?
3: Okay, this is by <sighs> The Shakespeare of our time, really, Mariah Carey. Mm,
2: yes, indeed.
3: It was sent to a certain slim shady. I don't know if he's standing up, but he won't be after this piece. Mm, mm. You're delusional. You're delusional. Boy, you're losing your mind. Why? Are you wasting your time? Got you all fired out with your Napoleon complex, seeing right through you like I
2: was bathing
3: in Windex.
4: Freedom. Mm,
2: mm, mm. The illusion of the Windex just lifted my spirit and just elevated me oh, to where it needs to be. It's an allegory. Amazing, amazing. <sighs>
3: You know what this makes me feel like we need to talk about today? What? Diss tracks. <laughs> Feuds. <laughs> Fighting. Squabbles. Sometimes
2: you just need to get yeah, it out, Yeah, and you know? sometimes motherfuckers be trying you, and you gotta put them in their place.
3: I'm not the one.
2: Mm-mm. Not on this day. Ashe. Beyoncé? You look like Luther Vandross. Oh, but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. Call. Can't stop. You see, when you do <laughs> clown clownery, the clown comes back not to bite. I don't no so sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. We were rooting for
4: you. But I am not I don't so you heard I, heard heard I, it.
2: It.
4: I I heard heard it. Heard it. Heard I heard
3: Welcome to Back Issue.
2: A weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. This week,
3: you wore a diamond chicken wing chain. Are, are you, you dumb? dumb? You had a leopard beehive <laughs> on your head. Are, are you, you dumb?
2: dumb? Um, yes, yeah, I dumb. <laughs> and also, we're talking about <laughs> fugues. Ah! Back to... This bitch that had a lot to say about me the other day in the press. Miley, what's good?
1: He's a bad father. He looks like his breath stinks Oh, all the time. We're sworn enemies forever. Billboard Hot 100, number one song, which you just performed, which is difficult to get. Not everybody has that.
2: Okay, bye, Pornshub. Okay, bye, Ashy. Nice bye, Ashy. What I had was the reason? A reason. I had a reason. What was the reason? reason. What was the reason? Each week, we'll go back into the past and revisit unforgettable moments we all think we remember.
3: And learn what they can teach us about where we are now.
2: I'm Tracy Clayton. And I'm Josh Gwynn. And we're going to fight. Punch, 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 punch. <laughs> Is that how you fight? I guess so. I've never been in a fight. Oh, no. I know. It sound like I'm in trouble, though. Time has seen some of history's most iconic feuds. Remy versus Nikki, as we referenced in the opening. Woo! Jay-Z versus Nas. Woo! 50 Cent versus everybody, pretty much. Did you see him come after Lil Nas X? He was like, I woke up to grown men arguing about my Halloween costume. And I was like, what a read, Mm, just in that. Specific. But, before we get too deep into the beef bars, <laughs> I thought we should check in with rapper, producer, comedian, and lyrical Mel Dario, which is French for Murder. murderer.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the one and only Jean Grey, and yes. ask her a question that many, many rappers throughout history have asked, including but not limited to my ex husband, most deaf. You know what? <laughs> what? Is beef. Beef is not what Jay said, the Nas. Beef is when the working folks can't find
3: jobs. A beef, a feud. Dictionary.com defines <laughs> it as a bitter, continuous hostility. It's when two parties are against each other, usually because of some sort of perceived or actual wrongdoing. Mm-hmm.
2: Such as the Montagues and the
0: Capulets. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene.
3: Mariah and J-Lo. What do you think about people still referencing I don't know her
2: all these years later?
0: I still don't
2: know her. Death Row versus Bad Boy. I would like to say that I'm very proud of Dr. Dre, of Death Row, and Shook Knight for their accomplishments.
3: And all this East and West that needs to stop. Kenya and NeNe. Hi, NeNe.
2: You look fabulous! You don't, okay? Also, Drake and Pusha i <laughs> I'm
3: not hiding my child from the world. You are hiding a child. Let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. Ooh! Mm. We have to talk about the ideal conditions for a few to exist, I think.
2: Like when the cold front comes and meets a warm front, mm-hmm. and then you have the Arctic wind. The
3: perfect storm. There you go, there you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what are the conditions that we need?
3: First, feuds usually occur between people who occupy the same sort of space. Otherwise, there's not really anything for them to feud over.
2: So what happens if me, a podcaster, Mm -hmm. I see a construction worker Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I don't like this construction worker's bangs. That is not a bayang. (laughs) Not the bayang. The bayang is not bayang. (laughs) 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 If we go back and forth, Mm -hmm. is that a beef? Even though we're not in similar spaces and have nothing to lose? I think it is a beef if you continue
3: to go back and forth, but usually the biggest beefs occur when it's two people who occupy a similar space. And then second, there has to be some sort of element of strife or aspiration, which Mm -hmm. is to say that feuds usually are the vehicle for people to get on. A lot of times what you'll see is someone going at the person who is ruling the space right now. Mm. And the way that they can make a name for themselves is by taking out the person at the top.
2: Oh, it's like the mob. You know, you want to be the next godfather. You got to bump off whoever's on the top.
3: I think 50 Cent and Ja Rule. <laughs> this is a long time ago. But at that time, Murder Inc was it. Murder. And <laughs> 50 Cent was coming on, you know, with his bulletproof vests and stuff.
2: Remember those tank tops he used to sell? I loved them. <laughs> did you? I did. I'm glad they went away. <laughs>
3: But especially in hip-hop, because hip-hop is based on bravado, and you have to have this attitude of, like, Mm. I'm the best doing it, I'm the best to ever live to do it.
2: Right, and within hip-hop, that's expected. It's one of the foundations of... The entire genre is bravado, is battle rapping, you know? And I really don't think that anyone embodied this concept in its truest and purest form like Kendrick did in his verse on Control with Big shine
4: Yo. Usually
2: homeboys with the same niggas I'm rhyming with. But this is hip-hop and them niggas should know what time it is. And that goes for Jermaine Big Creek
3: Wale. Pusha T, Meek Mills, Rocky, Drake, Big Sean, Jay Electron,
1: Tyler McMillan. I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you niggas.
2: Kendrick just stepped up and he was like, I love y'all, but fuck y'all. Yeah. I'm trying to be the new Supreme. <laughs> and that's what it is.
3: Yes. The people that he named, it was kind of like a badge of honor. Like, yeah. at least I'm in the conversation. And the people who got left out, everyone was like, wait, hold up.
2: What about me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh Lil Zane is somewhere like, yo, man, why Kendrick ain't coming after me? What's the problem? <laughs> <gasps> oh, my God. Lil
3: Zane. Wow.
2: It really was like a compliment. Y'all are the ones who taught me. Y'all are why I'm so good. And I am why y'all got to get out the way now.
3: But it also like cemented who Kendrick is because mm-hmm. it's like the fact that I am willing to go up against all of these people who people consider like my contemporaries but only the talented ones mm-hmm. only the ones that I deem worthy of an opponent right but we can't have a discussion about feuds without talking about one of the most defining
2: feuds of our generation I bet I know which one it is which one? Brandy and Monica The boy's mine the boy's mine
3: the boy's mine the boy's mine the boy is mine
2: the boy is mine Yes, this beef. Possibly the beef of all beefs, I'm going to say. It's up there. Definitely
3: top five. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like, whether you were Team Monica or Team Brandy was a question that helped you understand who your friends were, helped you understand who your enemies were.
2: Yeah, it told you a lot about somebody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
3: The specific origins of this beef are largely unclear. Mm -hmm. But I want to like take you back to the 90s. Yay.
2: Picture it. Sicily, 1927.
3: Picture it. R&B, the 90s. (laughs) So the (laughs) landscape, you have Brandy, you have Monica, you have Aaliyah. Mm -hmm. They were like the holy r&b trinity Mm -hmm. like you had alia who was mysterious her hair was over her
2: eyes that swoop
3: she always had on sunglasses her dancing style was like yeah i learned this choreography yesterday but don't i look cool doing it because i'm not even trying Mm. you had brandy she was the one most likely to have had a cotillion Uh uh-huh she gave you the perfect media-trained answers. She was the one that your parents were probably like, look at that, Brandy. Isn't she such a good example for kids?
2: Why can't she be more like Brandy? Because I can't sing Mama Damn.
3: <laughs> exactly. And then you had Monica, who was like, the Girl Next Door, her first album was Miss Thang, mm-hmm. and it was because of her attitude. Yes. I mean, she was like 12 when she recorded it. It's insane.
2: Sounded like she was a full 26, 27. Like her voice has always been just like, ugh, just OD in a good way. Yeah. And also like Monica was a little more edgy.
3: Her material was like a little bit more grown up. Mm-hmm. Brandy's because her mom was her manager. You could tell that her team was very, Careful about what was age appropriate, right? Like on her first album, she had a song about how her brother was her best friend.
2: It was such a cute song, it's I a really great liked song. that. Album. It was so good. So but
3: good. Brandy was in the studio and she had this song with Rodney Jerkins, Dark Child 99, mm-hmm. and they had worked on this song, which was kind of a play on the Michael Jackson song, The Girl Is Mine, The Doggone Girl Is Mine. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. But she had the song called The Boy Is Mine. And they were smart enough to think about the fact that everyone was always pitting Monica and Brandy against each other. So the content of the song played perfectly with the public perceptions narrative of how they related to each other. Mm -hmm.
2: Because it's like, okay, the boy is mine and not yours because I'm the better person. I'm the better woman.
3: Exactly. the June 1998 edition of Billboard, Monica was quoted as saying from the time she was first released and I was first released, instantly people compared us and I never understood it. They never did it with me and Alia or Brandy and Alia. It was always Brandy and Monica. Mm. So they channeled that for a song and it came to a head when Monica popped Brandy in the face allegedly at the 1998 VMA rehearsals. Dallas Austin, who is a producer extraordinaire from the 90s, he worked on TLC, he worked with all of your R&B faves, he tells the story of what happened behind the scenes that day.
2: It was a heavyweight beef. They got in a fight. Heavyweight with the beef,
3: okay.
2: <laughs> it worked out because the song was supposed to be at war with each other, so nobody could really tell that shit punched in the face before the performance. I never knew that. Uh, didn't it confirm
3: <laughs> how you felt though like everybody knew that there was this thing that existed in the air and you couldn't tell whether it was mm-hmm. from the media or from them or where it was coming from but you could
2: just tell that there was some off and it was so wild because like there was nobody who didn't like Monica right like she was friends with everybody and I wonder if it's because people know that like you know Monica like she's a great person you know but she's also with the shit Gunica she <laughs> is from Atlanta to her marrow, so she'll get with you if you need to yes I wouldn't bug up to Monica ever
3: it seemed to have fizzled at some point between the 90s and the early 2000s but then it was reignited in 2016 when Monica went on Oprah's where are they now and mentioned being mentored by Whitney Houston from 18 years old until the day she left she's really been my mentor in in music and in real life now you know Brandy is very territorial Mm -hmm. (laughs) about the memory of the late great Whitney Houston so that didn't go well
2: you know how we always joke about Benita Betrayal? Yeah. <laughs> Whitney Houston was Brandy's Miss Jenkins. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't nobody better say that bad about Whitney Houston memory. <laughs> That's when Brandy go off.
3: <laughs> Believe me, I am on that team too. Don't disrespect the legend who is Whitney Houston. Absolutely. But ultimately, the drama persisted throughout the years.
2: We are in the leg of this beef versus has happened and I'm still uncomfortable when I think about it because I knew that it was supposed to be a kiss and make up situation. Mm-hmm. All
3: of the drama that had been building over these years, uh-huh. their paths that had kept crossing, this
2: was going to be the moment where they were going to squash it all. It was gonna be, it was supposed to be, it was intended to be But was it? I thought it was extremely awkward. But I mean, like, is this as close to a resolution are we going to get? Also, do we even want a resolution? You know what I'm saying? Right. It goes back to, like, where
3: the feud originated to begin with. Mm Mm-hmm. The narrative that had been fed to you as a consumer of media was that these two girls did not get along. They were Mm. trying to vie for the same spot, and one of them had to go, which is problematic to begin with. But it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy because the way that you see this versus and this interaction with them today cannot not be informed by being told over and over and over again that these two people don't get along. Yeah. So it's like, are we satisfied with this moment? Like, I remember thinking that it was really awkward too. It was so uncomfortable. And theoretically, I think we all collectively feel that it's probably better when people are happy and (laughs) joyful. Probably. Or high, you know, (laughs) but for some reason, we as a culture were so obsessed with seeing people beef and feuding, whether it's in situations in which it's kind of expected, like reality television or rap, Mm -hmm. or otherwise.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm down in the trenches with everybody else, you know, like I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to be holier than anybody because I love some drama, I love it. So much, in fact, that when I think about beef and my enjoyment of it, I often find myself at a crossroads. And not only because I miss my Uncle Charles, Uh (laughs) y'all.
3: What a scary music video. (laughs) Wasn't it though?
2: (laughs) That does make me wonder how much of this problem is caused or at least supported by us, the fans who like buy into it, right? Because yeah. like how many years later and we're over here just like and geeking over, Brandy and Monica like fighting, physically fighting, you know? We're nine years old again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: I think a big part of it is us. Yeah. But I also think that it's not just us, it's also the way that the story of these two people have been told to us over and over again, like mm-hmm. plays a really big part in the way that we perceive how things are happening.
2: And the annoying thing is that no matter how much time we spend talking about this stuff analyzing body language whatever we need to do we are never ever 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 gonna know the truth ever. nobody's ever gonna know besides brandy monica and Goliath. okay that's it and the thing is does that even matter that we'll never know like mm-hmm. it's kind of been this way forever right like the way that beef is used to promote goods and artists and their music
3: we know there's a part of our nature that loves a beef because it's a part of the way that people sell things. Yeah. It kind of captures our collective attention and that attention can, depending on the nature of the beef, depending on who's in charge and who we find responsible can translate into sales and streams.
2: Absolutely. Not only does it make a shit ton of money for the white people who are at the top, just saying. (laughs) It also has benefits for everybody else involved because the more you beef with somebody, the more headlines you get. Yeah. The more your profile is raised. And the more that that happens, the more albums you sell. And then you've got ticket sales. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, because we are supposed to support the artists that we like, you know, like and that's the way that we like take sides in a beef. Yeah. By buying the artist's paraphernalia and music. And then these days today being crazy on Twitter sometimes I don't know yeah some people
3: do it yeah your dollar's supposed to be your voice All mm-hmm. all right so since we're talking iconic beefs I have to ask Tracy mm-hmm where were you when you heard Sheether? Remy Ma mm. versus Nicki Minaj. Fight! <laughs>
2: oh, my gosh. Can't tell you where I was, but I can tell you how I felt. Tell me how you felt, girl. I felt like she was coming at me. And I <laughs> need to go find her and apologize. <laughs> I was I like, do? listen. Exactly. I've never in my life had a pink gold chicken wing chain. Are you Remy, why are you coming at me like this? I might be. I don't know, but it wasn't even me. She's just, my Ooh, God. No, old held nothing. None. Back. Mm. Do you remember where you were when you heard it? I do because I remember I was working a
3: job that was not my favorite.
2: Bet you won't call him out and write a rap song about him. Uh- <laughs> First off, fuck your job. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I remember being in this room and. I, like, used to play DJ, and so, like, I used to, like, play music, and I remember looking at Twitter and being like, wait, what's going on? And so I played it, and that first dirt <laughs> of the ether beat, yes. everybody turned their head and was like, what is going on? Oh, what shit. is happening? Because oh, it, it just sounds confrontational. It sounds like I'm
2: going to beat a bitch's ass. My favorite thing is when people put that beat underneath, like, Obama videos when he's just, like, going off on somebody or Elizabeth Warren. And I was I like, love
4: Talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat
1: broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald
5: Trump.
2: I'm talking about Mary Bloomberg. It's so perfect. It's just so menacing. Like, ooh, somebody about to get like... They ass beat, yeah. And the thing that I like about this particular beef is because, you know, you got the messiness, you got the drama, you got like hidden below the belt, whatever. Mm -hmm. But you also get to see what a fucking beast Remy Ma is. This is what she does. And there's not a lot of opportunities, I don't think, where like we just sit and are just in awe of a woman's lyrical ability in this particular genre. So I was just like, man, Remy is just like dope. Then I was like, man, this is uncomfortable and uh, kind of body shamey. But also, you know, it was just a really confusing time for my feelings. (laughs) There's a lot of layers, it's rap. It's
3: a competitive sport. This is what happens. But also there's the idea of there's only been one woman in the space for so long. Mm-hmm. And there should be multiple people. We should have access to a bunch of people. It shouldn't even be a situation where we're like calling people like female MCs. They should just be MCs. And they should be able to come at each other the same way that dudes come at each other. And it's not the, unless your job rule, the ending of your career. <laughs>
2: See, I just heard the of beat in my head when you said that. <laughs> 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 Fuck Ja <John> Rule. <laughs> Come with your fire fest. You rented out an island and didn't have no food for the people. Are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> How dreadful.
4: A fashion show with no fashion.
2: Another thing that makes me so mad about this is the respectability that is instantly attached. Whenever we come close to like musical warfare between women, especially black women, Mm -hmm. because it's hard enough out here. Mm -hmm. We as black women need to hold each other up and work together instead of tear each other down, which listen, I know that there are lots of racial issues in the world right now. And I understand that a lot of them are focused at black women, you know, like I get it. But also, we're fucking human. We get mad. We can have fights. Right. Also, why can't we follow the same fucking rules of hip hop and battle rapping that everybody else did? Nobody came at Jay Z and was like, well, since black on black crime is just like so bad, you should really not. It's just like, oh, Jay Z holding the crown, whatever, whatever, the throne. And it just makes me so mad.
3: On one hand, we don't give women and queer people like, the ability to sit in the full expression of themselves. Mm. That was beautiful. It's like the same conversation that people are having about WAP, whenever somebody comes out with something that's sexually explicit, mm-hmm. I would run out of fingers and toes if I needed to name every super sexually explicit rap. Slob on my knob, like corn on the cob. Just put it in your mouth. Like, for people in this particular space, there was this big pressure for it to be, oh, like rise above it. like. What about Mm -hmm. conscious rap? Like, what about bringing up our people? And it's like, but can I be a person?
2: Right. It's like that GIF of Nicki. Oh, the MTV documentary. I'm a human being. (laughs) And you know what? I do think this is an extension of the way that Black women in particular are like kept from their anger. Yeah. Because what's more threatening than an angry Black woman? Right. To the extent that it's become like a trope that we're supposed to avoid. Right. Of course men don't want to hear women out-rapping them first and foremost. Uh-huh. And they don't want to hear them talk about how powerful they are because of their vaginas and shit like that. And they also don't want to see a black woman who can fiercely defend herself. Right. Without chastising her for that because she might become a for your ass one day. Exactly. I think it's such a good example of what happens when you can see pictures of other things that you can be. Right. And now we have Megan Thee Stallion. Now good we have news. a Saweetie. And you know?
3: Saweetie. <laughs> Even though she eats her ramen absolutely wrong. Sorry. You know
2: what? I would not eat it, <laughs> but I would like to defend people all around the world with unconventional eating preferences. Just, okay. Just okay. Me.
3: You can't be what you can't
2: eat. <laughs> Ashe. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that has some very strong feelings about this is the one and only Jean Grey, mm. which is why I was like, we should talk to Jean Grey. That's why I have the best ideas ever. So, <laughs> after the break, we'll dive deeper into the beaver. Hey! <laughs> with the rapper, producer, comedian, actress, and most importantly, lyrical mail Gene Gray. Stay tuned! <laughs> <laughs>
3: We sat down to talk to lyrical genius, murderer mm. of MCs, Damn. Jean Grey. We talked about beef, we talked about competition, battle rap, and we talked about what it means to have an avenue to put all your aggression mm. and anger, Ooh. which
2: feels relevant. Cause we angry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at the very beginning, shall we? Little baby Jean finds and falls in love with hip hop. I don't know if that happened. Oh, mm-hmm. do you have beef with hip hop?
5: I think probably more so than any other music I'm into. One, because hip-hop doesn't allow itself normal things, like for people to get older. Sexism, clearly, the idea that female hip-hop is some sort of genre of music is insane. Yeah. But other than that, I fell in love with it because I'm an extremely competitive person. I'm not good at sports. I always wanted to be good at sports. But I can play fucking brain games, Mm. and I'm really good with words. And I don't like to win. I like to burn everything to the fucking ground.
2: I feel so seen. I feel so seen. <laughs> I get so yelled at every day. Like, Trace, it's not a competition. But I'm just like, it's because you're not but it is hard though, enough. But it
5: is. It's always a competition. That's nice. Like, you don't have to be in the competition for me to deem it a competition. <laughs> Mm. and even when it wasn't a competition amongst me and anyone else it was me challenging myself what new flow can i use what new words can i use can i make myself laugh can i be like oh shit that was a quadruple entendre (laughs) and you're welcome (laughs) the frustrating part of all of that became me falling very much out of love with it as much as I loved it because I was like, oh, you guys don't hear me doing any of these things because I'm just a woman. Mm.
2: When you first like came out and hit the scene, how are you finding that people responded to you?
5: There were very small amount of instances where there was another woman present. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, look, and that's the girl. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm the murderer.
4: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you,
5: you have you've got this fucked up. Right. And so it was very interesting for someone to be like, I need a woman on this song or a female voice. I'm like, then you should just go get a random right. woman because I'm it's not going to
3: go the way you think it's going to go. Do you think that the ability to call someone out helps that or hurts that push for diversity? I think it's fair. It's always fair to
5: be everyone be on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. And if you happen to be that person that's just like crazy aggressive Mm. (laughs) and braggadocio and trying to like pick fights everywhere, then that's great. Mm -hmm. Anytime anyone's not allowed to be fully them, it's a problem for me. And Mm -hmm. it should be a problem for everyone because then we don't get to understand the full potential of some little girl who's like, people are calling me intimidating Mm. or aggressive or a mask and all i'm trying to do is be bold so that's part of diversity too allowing us to be fucking
3: individuals and have nuances and subtleties and
5: we just have not gotten there
3: yet yeah so when you were coming up were there any beefs that were formative to you where you're like yo i remember exactly where i was when this verse came out
5: yes so the first one was jesus and i thought people really came no
2: I was like, wait, is there an MC named Jesus?
5: <laughs> the Old Testament. It was a crazy beef, y'all. Yeah. The one that I really, really remember cannabis came after LL mm-hmm You walk around showing off your body cuz it sells. Plus to avoid the fact that you ain't got scales. Mad at me cuz I kicked that shit real, nigga spell. Why ninety-nine percent of your fans were high hells. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, you just came in and like destroyed him. I was like, but also I loved the energy and like ferocity of this motherfucker coming out of nowhere and be like, I'll punch everybody in the face.
3: And I was like, yes,
2: yes. (laughs) So you were basically made for battle rapping,
3: sadly. So what flashes in your mind when you're like, okay, it's go time. You're like, how do I cut to the white meat? I have the uh,
5: thing in Kill Bill where just everything goes red (laughs) and the sound (laughs) happens. And people are like, where is that coming from? (laughs) (laughs) I have no scruples. I have no oh, you don't talk about anyone's kid. Oh, fuck your kids. Oh, shit. (laughs) There's no rules. And I think, like, those are always the most dangerous people.
2: It's just such a difficult craft. Like, not only do you have to, like, think of words that sound good together on the spot, you got to, like, crush your opponent. And I'm just like, Mm. I'm mean and I got an attitude, but the other part I don't really have. I'm just like, ooh, I'm going to email you my thoughts later. (laughs) But see, like, that would be fucking funny. (laughs) What? I would
5: die laughing if there was a battle rapper who just showed up who was like, hold on, I need time to process something. (laughs) But... (laughs) Let me write down the list of all the things that you said and I'm going to rattle them off to you. Is this correct? I'm busy processing information and I'm definitely going to have something to say about you and your mom because it sounds like you have a lot of issues from your childhood and I can't pinpoint them right now. Um. Don't look at everybody else and be like, those are what the rules are.
2: Yeah. Because that's
5: that's when you love someone new who comes out and you're like, oh shit, I didn't even know we could do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: All this reminds me of is just like adding to the humanity of people who are already unseen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what pissed me off the most about Remy versus Nikki. I knew that like after Remy came out and just slaughtered Nikki's entire like family and bloodline, I knew that the moment (laughs) would come when somebody was gonna come out and say, you know, as women, you know this wasn't right. We need to uplift each other. Everything is so hard. And I'm just like, fuck that, we get mad too.
5: Also, it's rap. That's the nature of it.
3: Speaking of Nikki and Remy, do you remember the show Celebrity Deathmatch?
4: Oh, mm-hmm. man.
3: Okay, so we're going to do like a celebrity deathmatch right oh, now. Like geez. if you <laughs> could put together your dream beef, who would it be?
5: It's not going to be rap. This is so stupid. Um, <laughs> there's a wrestling game the WWE games uh-huh. mm-hmm. and in them they have character creations where you can make people uh-huh. and then you can create their entire entrance you get to pick the music and you can choose from like everyone in wrestling's moves and you uh-huh. can mix them up and you can do your own pyro and you can do your own lights and okay, you can make your hey, own on, outfits production. okay uh-huh. so <laughs> my husband and I <laughs> spend a lot of time making entrance death matches we never actually get to the fight. It's just about the beginning of the fucking show. We did like a Prince versus Michael, and it, like all the entrances are like two minutes long. And just, most of Prince's shit is just like crawling on the ground for about an extended period of time in assless chaps because it's wrestling, so those things are available. Are allowed? Yes we have Aretha Franklin versus Dion Warwick
2: because <laughs> okay alright okay because yes! I'm in I'm You're so you speaking my language yes you absolutely are because
5: it's wrestling and we're like oh there's gotta be someone doing a move where they take their <laughs> coat off and they just let it like fall <laughs> on the floor and we're like we gotta make Aretha Franklin yes! and I'm like if only we could get someone coming out with a bag that would be so <laughs> she
2: just drops her purse can you do like entrances for like um, tag teams more than one person.
5: I don't think so. If I wanted to do a tag team, I would do a Cisco one, but I would make Casey and Jojo and then I would make Casey walk over Jojo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the best version of the Sims ever.
5: <laughs> I'm two hundred and twenty five percent
2: not sorry. That's so
4: funny.
2: Okay, what about do like R and B beefs exist in the real world? R and beefs? Come on, R&B? yes. Do this. Yes. Produced by Mona Scott Young. Oh um, no. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> you just made everyone. That was Sorry. such an immediate R <laughs> beef just sounds like a reality show I would have watched a long time ago.
2: Is that what Versus is kind of?
3: Uh, that's like the intervention. Yeah, it kind of is, right?
5: <laughs> and everybody's like, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that too. We're old now. Be like, you know what? Before either of us die yeah. for any reason in the world, uh, I, I got to say, uh, I liked your stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're real good
3: at it. If you could make a diss track about any animal or inanimate object, what do you hate?
5: Oh, I'll, I like the
3: way you
4: think.
3: <laughs> Mine would be about people who stop walking in doorways or at the end of escalators. I have mm. a song about that. Yes. I have a, a
5: series of albums called That's Not How You Do That. They're adult <laughs> instructional albums. One of the songs is called Escalators. <laughs>
4: no way. No, and I'm
5: it's like about when you're coming on the escalator and someone gets off the fucking escalator and they just just fucking stands there this is a portal sir what (laughs) you are
4: also a part of society just got got off of an escalator and now you're just standing there blocking
2: everyone else what are you doing can you move out of the way please Amazing. I feel so seen. Not that anyone asked. I want to write a diss track to whales. (gasps) Why whales? Because they're too big for one. (laughs) Just huge as shit. They have convinced the world. Yes, I'm 73,000 tons. But you don't have to worry about me. <laughs> worry about them fucking whales, y'all. It's not okay.
3: On the flip side of beefs, you mm. said that you lived in like the rap version of the real world where there was like 10 people, a studio. Mm-hmm. It sounds so harmonious. Based on that experience, do you see a world in which hip hop evolves beyond the beef?
2: And is that what we want? And is that
3: good? Yeah.
5: I, yeah, I, I was just going to say that would be a little saddening for me. Mm. I'm like, if it's wrestling, there should be some wrestling in the wrestling. Right. There's an entire culture around uh, in rap that's just battle rap. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah.
5: That it's not people that you're just familiar with who are like, make one diss song. Like That is a whole other skill. So it would be terrible for that craft mm, Mm -hmm. to go away i love writing my favorite thing doing rap was like challenging myself that like if i'm not doing any song in one take then like fuck it i'm not doing it oh no i I never wrote anything ahead of time i wrote everything in the studio right before we did the song i don't have any extra raps laying around ever wow Wow.
2: jay-z hoops (laughs)
5: But you see, these are all the kinds of things exactly what I'm talking about when we're talking about like women in hip hop. These are the conversations you never get to have. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's asking about your writing process or or what you enjoy about battle rap. I think it would be a shame if a whole culture sort of disappeared. But I think the understanding of the culture needs to be more widespread.
4: Mm. Something from this.
2: Okay, Trace. Yeah. Know what time it is? Uh, 1738.
3: Am I right? No. what time is it? It's that time of the show where we take a page from Tyra
2: Banks' book to see, did we
1: learn something from this?
2: We absolutely did learn some things from this, I do believe. What you learned, Trace? Okay, I learned that it is okay to enjoy a good slice of drama you know Mm -hmm. it's okay to like some gossip it's okay to be in the group chat talking about ooh, did you see this that third on twitter you know whatever as long as we are responsible and informed about what it is that we're taking in and why Mm. does that make sense yeah but i want you to say more okay for example you know, I love the Real Housewives of almost everywhere. Okay. There are some factions where I just can't relate to, like, rich white folks. I ain't got it. <laughs> but Atlanta? Yeah, okay. you know, we got at least one thing in common. And I think I like those a lot, especially right now, because it's so stupid. Right. The stakes are so low. They're so Oh, low, the bar is in hell and so are we right now. So, I mean, for me, it's productive because my brain, the part of my brain, the primitive part of my brain that's always in survival mode, mm. it needs to have something to chew on that is not like political beef because that could like kill me and everybody that I love. Mm. This I'm I'm gonna go for these women in ballgowns who go to wineries to have discussions. <laughs> that they know are going to make them fight. You know what I mean?
3: Right. Let's go to the studio and drop some beats.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's a
3: really nice way for your mind to be able to be like, look, the conflict is over there. It's not in here.
2: Exactly. Look over there. (laughs) Look over there. And I think
3: that after talking to Jean Grey, what's even more clear to me is that it's really important that we have... Certain avenues that give us access to our anger, our competitiveness, our ability to murder bitches. All of those are necessary and healthy things to have access to. Exactly. It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. It's cathartic. You need Mm -hmm. it. You need that forum to release what's built up and if it can happen in a productive moving us forward way even better. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what happened with No Name and J. Cole?
2: Okay, only vaguely honestly.
3: So you had J. Cole who came out with Snow on the Bluff, right? Mm-hmm. Where he was coming as some mystery artist and we all knew who he was talking about.
2: something
3: mm-hmm. about Just cuz you and not, that ain't no reason to like you better than me. And then you had No Name come out with the song Song 33 in which she read him down and like A minute and thirty seconds. Like it was it's a very short song. She's very succinct. (laughs) That's what happens when you read books. And she (laughs) and she was like, Why am I on your tongue right now at this moment?
2: Mm it ain't nothing else going on in the world right now you can focus on wow look at him go he really doubts to write about me when the world is in smokes when it's people and trees when george was begging for his mother saying he couldn't breathe he thought to write about me
3: i think that that is a perfect oh, a example good. of a beef but there's like more layers to it it's not just like bitch your face looks funny it's like right first of all they're fighting about like massage noir and like who's responsible for it, and, like, Mm. she's telling him about himself for being problematic. Mm -hmm. But also, there's a layer about what we should be focused on culturally. Mm -hmm. It feels a little bit more thoughtful. It feels more about what's happening inside your head. It's more productive.
2: We needed to hear exactly what No Name said because there is so much misogynoir. And somebody needs to speak out on it, which is what she did, you know? And I think that that's more allowable because of the context and because of the power structure and dynamic indifference between men and women. I agree. So, I really resent, like, everything. I just... You know? (laughs) (laughs) Whistle
3: list, girl. You know? Uh, Yeah. But people... We'll look at the way in which you punch somebody. Are you punching up or are you Mm. punching down? Is it funny or is it mean spirited? And I think that that is something that's shifted in our culture. Like people are paying more attention to the way in which you're tearing somebody down as opposed to like just delighting in it regardless.
2: It's like as our society advances, like when we talk about stuff not aging well, you know, those are like jabs and areas that don't age well, like slut shaming and body shaming and things of the sort. But I feel like it's always gonna be like some shit that you can poke fun at. Has yeah, to be.
3: Has right? To be. And it applies outside of the rap cipher as well. We Absolutely. should be able to have access to mm-hmm. these emotions, especially in Situations in which we're trying to correct something that we know is wrong. Mm -hmm. That is when people try to like strip you of your anger and try to strip you of your ability Mm -hmm. to say it with a deep voice. They de
2: weaponize you, basically.
3: Exactly. I think that that is part of the reason that you see like this flooding on your timelines of people getting Karens together. Mm, I think uh that there's this feeling of righting some sort of wrong that's happening. Mm
2: -hmm. It's a craving for justice and consequences. A craving for justice
3: and consequences. Mm -hmm. I think
2: fair game, you know? Go talk about that girl's weave, if it makes sense.
3: And if it's lopsided.
2: (laughs) and if it sits a little too, oh, high, too high, off the head. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of feuds just being fun sometimes, mm-hmm. we can't do a feud episode without talking about the queen, Patty LaHell.
2: Oh my gosh, absolutely not. I remember the absolute phenomenon. Like it's all that the timeline was talking about. Shout out, out to
3: Patty longest. LaHell, for real.
2: Shout out to Patty LaHell.
3: Got to Be Real is a YouTube series in which this creative name, Patty LaHell use archival footage mm-hmm. but they lip sync on top of it with <laughs> really amazing <laughs> vocal impressions of the great divas so we're talking Patti LaBelle, Shaka Khan, mm-hmm. Dionne Warwick, Aretha Franklin, Mariah. Mariah, Whitney, Beyonce like all of them and she puts them in these situations where they have to interact with each other it's so good
0: Aretha just because I have on a watch don't assume I have time for your bullshit
3: Bitch ass, you know we got beef, so let's eat.
0: The only beef between us is the burger in your mouth.
3: One of the things that that leaves me with is feuds can be fun, mm-hmm. but they can also hold us back. And so what we have to do is just be conscious of the way in which we engage with these feuds. Yeah. Power by itself is just power. It depends on how you use it.
2: You have been just dropping jewels like, <laughs> this whole time. When is the book coming out? Shut up. <laughs> Woo! Woo. 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 Back Issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios.
3: This show was created and is hosted by Tracy Clayton.
2: Hey, that's me. And also Josh (laughs) Gwynn. Our lead producers are Josh Gwynn and Emmanuel Hapsis.
3: Our managing producer is John Asante.
2: Our senior editor is Leela Day.
3: Our associate producers are Alexis Moore and Zandra Ellen.
2: Our intern is Brianna Garrett. Special thanks to Gabrielle Young. Our
3: executive producers are Jenna Weiss Berman and Max Linsky.
2: This show features music by Don Will. You can follow him on all the socials at DJ Don Will. And you can follow me on the socials at Broken McPoverty. And you
3: can follow me at Regarding Josh. Subscribe to this podcast
2: wherever free
3: podcasts are sold. Tell a friend, whoever you're beefing with. Let them know. Just slip it underneath the wall that was between Brandy and Monica. (laughs) Be like, hey, go listen to Back Issue and give it a five-star review because it really does help.
2: Yes, do that.
3: I'll see you next week.
2: Bye. So, Hoshua. (laughs) I wasn't calling you a hoe. It's Spanish for Josh.
3: (laughs) There's some hoes in this house. Hey, hey, (laughs) (laughs) hey.